This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. This afternoon as we broadcast to you from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Actually, we are in Smoketown, Pennsylvania, and there are some dooziest of names, towns around here. I, I, bird in the hand, that was one. Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I bet you didn't know there was a town called that. I just had to bring that up on the radio. This is a place that was founded by Amish people. I just didn't think that that would be one of the places sure they named their town. there's a story behind Do it, Do you know Jim. the story, Mike Martin, behind the name of Intercourse, Pennsylvania? Well, it's uh, it's at an intersection of two major roads, or, oh. uh, and it was called Cross Keys at one point. Uh, and how it evolved into the town name of Intercourse, I don't know that, but it is an intersecting of roads. Mm. So this so it had nothing to do with sex. Okay, all right. Well, know. <laughs> you know, the conversation on I Work Room, we always go wild and crazy. That was the voice of Mike Martin, the owner. One of the, He and his wife, Linda, own and run the Smoketown Inn right here in Smoketown, Pennsylvania. We'll get to him in just a second uh, with more of the story behind the Smoketown Inn. But just want to thank you for tuning in all over Tampa Bay, all over Jacksonville on the First Coast, and all over the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, and, of course, our podcast listeners around the world. That's right. And Jim, I just want to encourage our, our friends that are listening in today um, to remember to follow us on Facebook. I will tell you that that's where you kind of get some of the visual behind what we're doing, especially when we're on the road. We actually just, um, you know, when we came here for a visit, we did a little Facebook live out front so people could get a little taste of how beautiful this area is. Could have been a better one, but we did do it. We got it. We, got <laughs> we had like a minute, right? <laughs> so like I said, we are on location in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it was all made possible because of our partnership with the Pocket Testament League. The Pocket Testament League found online ptl.org, mm-hmm. ptl.org. It is the greatest tool for sharing who Jesus is in your life and what he's been doing and introducing people to the actual scriptures, the words that Jesus spoke. Pocket Testament League, become a leaguer today. All right, so we've got Mike Martin. He, he, Linda is still in the background. She's not sure whether she's going to join us today, but Mike Martin is here. He is the, you know, what do you call it? The, you know, of, the of an the inn, inn the proprietor. The proprietor. Yeah. I was thinking the, the innkeeper. But. The, oh, the, <laughs> that's the yeah, innkeeper. That yeah. And last night there was room at the inn. Mike Martin, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, good to be here, Jim and Martha. Thank you for the opportunity just to uh, be able to talk about what we do here at Smoketown Inn and, and how the Lord has used us in, in different ways to reach people. It's an amazing business dream. We want to hear all about it, but first we ask this question of every first-time guest on I Work For Him. How did you become a Jesus follower? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian family, and so um, I looked to my, my parents and my heritage to, to really... Um, the folks that pointed me to the faith and uh, lived out the faith in front of me as an example. And they, at times when I'd want to stray away, I would just remember their example, and it was mm-hmm. so clear-cut. And my dad actually became a pastor uh, later in life, and so his leadership in that area just gave me a, a real clear vision of what being a Christ follower looked like. And um, so I just am thankful to the Lord that he you know, saw fit to to draw me to himself and uh, bring him to me to himself. And and uh, so I first heard the gospel at a, at a good news camp. Um, mm. It was a summer camp. I was a very mischievous boy at that point, and uh, that week was Aren't no different. all boys mischievous? 
<laughs> I was about 10 years old and uh, just sort of that kind of a guy. And uh, But the Lord used that week to, to speak to my heart. And uh, my camp counselor said, Mike, you know, if you die, are you going to spend eternity with, with Christ? And I said, you know, I can't clearly answer that. And so uh, he, can, you know, I heard, the, I heard the gospel message through my dad and, and at church many times. It just, it just wasn't put that direct to me. And that was a time where I just had to really think about that question. And, um, and that was a point where I gave my life to the Lord. Did you ever see yourself following in your father's footsteps because you are now a pastor at the Smoketown Inn? Well, <laughs> well, I never, uh, you know, I often wonder what the Lord was going to lead me in to do in life. Um, uh, for I was previously a baker for 25 years, and uh, you're a skinny guy. Though. <laughs> How do you say that? You'll never trust a skinny baker. <laughs> I was going to repeat that same line, Jim, because that's exactly the line I heard quite often. I'm sure you did. And uh, yet, uh, when my wife's folks, who started the hotel here uh, back in 1973, when they decide to to sell the place, uh, we, I had been a baker for 25 years. I was getting close to 40. And getting up at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning uh, was brutal. starting to kill me. It, mm. I just was like, how much longer can I do this? And uh, so the time to make the donuts thing is, is really, it's real because it's it's hard getting up at, right in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking for a change. But we're I, very grateful for those grateful. that do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All absolutely. of you yeah, making donuts right yes. now. You're in bed. You're not listening anyway. No. Okay. <laughs> Listen to the podcast in the middle of the night. Yep. So, um, you know, it was, it was at that point we were sort of thinking about maybe it would be a change in life coming and then her folks uh, put the, you know, word out that they wanted to sell the place and so we started praying about it and it just seemed that things sort of fell into place and here we are 19 years later uh, as innkeepers and, um, you know, enjoying it. Our kids sort of grew up here. They were in, in uh, junior high and high school and we took over and so they filled a few roles here i told him that you know you if you're going to work for me you have to go get a job elsewhere first mm -hmm. because i want you to know how to be on time i want you to know how to listen to other people giving you commands and chores and and uh, you've got to learn uh to do that first and then you can come and work for me <laughs> so how did that work <laughs> it worked out well that worked out very well um because you know they they had to you know answer to somebody that they didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. they knew me too well. They'd, they'd try to take take advantage of dad and you know, his, his soft heart sometimes. So and did your kids stay in hospitality at all or was this just part of their upbringing? Well, they are in hospitality, but more of a, in closer to home. My, my two daughters each have uh, four children of their own, so that keeps them busy right that's now. Full -time so that's full-time hospitality. <laughs> that <is>. <laughs> <laughs> Whether the kids realize it or not, right? That's exactly right. Oh, that's great. So talk to me about what at what point in time in your life did you make that connection between your faith and your work? Well, um, I guess it would have to go back a little bit to the point where, um, you know, I had to start asking questions about what Christianity was as I was just a young person. I was like, well, what is Christianity like? Is it just something I adhere to or is it something that I belong to for my life and my whole life is given to to service. And so I was at Word of Life Bible Institute uh, with my dad. Scroon Lake. Scroon Lake, New York. Okay. And um, an invitation was given not for salvation, but for just turning your life over to the Lord and just saying, Lord, here's my life. Um, do with it what you will. Um, and I, it kept really close to home. And, and I did stand and... And say, Lord, you know, I really want to make my whole life 
your possession so that going forward you can lead and, and direct me the way you want. And, you know, some would say, well, you don't need to make two decisions like that. But, like, I would sort of argue for that, yes, you sort of have to because I think I think getting saved and understanding Christ is Lord and your Savior, yes, but giving your whole life to him is, is sort of another decision that is on a different level. And well, as a 10-year-old, you didn't understand mm. the significance of life even. Exactly. So as a, as a as a mid-teen, I was starting to ask those deeper questions, and it was in my mid-teens where, where I was hit with that question, and I was like, Lord, you know, whatever I do, I want to make my life count for you. And so, um, you know, moving forward then, um, you know, getting into whatever part of life or you know, wherever the Lord leads on a daily basis, it's sort of up to Him. And, uh, you know, of course, you're living your life and just going where you believe the Lord's leading you. And so, you know, sure, becoming a baker, it was my first job out of high school. Um, that sort of fell into my lap. The Amish lady that was that was the, the baker while I was in high school that I had known and could speak a little Dutch to because my dad was Dutch growing up. Uh, and she liked me for that reason. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was willing to teach me some things and to spend a little extra time with me. But she abruptly decided to leave the, the baking uh, business that, that I was part of at Good and Plenty Restaurant. And uh, so they came to me on my gradu- before I graduated high school and said, this, this manager job is yours if you would like it. So that's how I got into baking. It sort of came in, came to me. I didn't go after it, sort of. And uh and yet the Lord was faithful in that. I worked for Christian owners, and so there was opportunities there to, to play Christian music in the, in the bakery early in the morning, just to be an encouragement to people as they came in and, and worked and um, you know, rubbed shoulders with, with workers. So I was a manager of about 15 people. And, and then this job came along where um, you know, I was, I'm, now I'm the owner, um, and so I can sort of set the atmosphere and the tone. I was grateful for my previous uh, Christian owners of a previous business, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, just being able to, um, you know, see the Lord lead and and just open up doors as you just live regular life. Mike Martin, how did you first get introduced to the Pocket Testament League? A uh, good question. I I got to know a fellow whose name was John Jesberg. Uh, grew up in in this area and uh, became a, a missionary overseas and. Still was affiliated with with the with the league, and when he came back, finished his missionary duty in France, he came back and settled in this area once again, and uh, led a couple of 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 projects to reach Lancaster City, the inner city of Lancaster. And um, so I heard this on the radio, and uh, I said, "We're having a we're having a gathering. If you'd like to be able to share the gospel in Lancaster City, please come out." Uh, John sort of took everybody that came and gave us different assignments, gave us different responsibilities. We would give out an invitation for an, an, an evening meeting for the kids and for anybody else that would to come. And then we get a, a, a packet full of about 10 Gospels of John's. And so we would just start, you know, handing people out, try to engage in conversation on the street. Uh, and, they, you know, they, they taught us how to use it. Um, I was sort of a novice. I didn't really know all that the uh, little pocket testament league um, printing had in it, but the more I used it, the more I got comfortable with it because it is a great resource. It's it's very um, it's inviting. Um, so that led for another led to another opportunity of um, during the 1996 Olympics. Uh, I think it was I think the year is correct there. I was the year they were in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. There was a in RFK Stadium here in Washington. There was a, um, a an endeavor to reach the people going into the stadium for one of the satellite soccer matches. Uh-huh. And so my son and I, he was around the age 13 or so at that time, and my son and I went down. We uh, spent the evening outside of RFK Stadium handing out Gospels of John. And, again, uh, John Jesberg was the fellow that sort of organized everything. And um, 
good opportunities to give out the gospels and then uh, my you know they were printed in the in the olympic flavors that had all the w- different countries listed and Neat. very attractive and uh, that's what i like about the this resource is it's very attractive to the eye and it's inviting it's not like it's boring it's a very mm-hmm. very nice cover usually printed in different kinds of formats and um and so yeah it uh it was just a neat opportunity for my son and i to, to do that and then and we took the rest of the weekend and visited sites in, in Washington, D.C. It was a nice, memorable memorable weekend for my son and I. Excellent. So you um, were saying that, you know, one one thing when you guys became business owners here of the um, Smoketown Inn, that you now have the opportunity to really um, address the culture and to make it what God's telling you to make it. Sure. So how does the Pocket Testament fit into your culture here? Sure. Well, you know, People um, are busy going about their lives, and they come here for a break. Mm-hmm. They come here just a little time off. It's it's uh, within two hours of a lot of people here on the East Coast. Sure. And so it's a nice weekend away. People come in. They sort of just are looking for a good time. They sort of let their guard down. They just get out of that busy mode. And um, they'll they'll start asking questions about the Amish, you know. Um, and they'll say, like, well, what about the Amish? And how do they, why do they do this? What do they do that? So, I grew up here all my life, and it's sort of you know secondhand for me to be able to to address some of those questions, and and then um, you know people have often made the comment like, well, it's it just seems different here. You even made that comment. It just seems friendly here. It just mm-hmm. seems something like it's down home to the roots. You know, it's just really friendly in this area. And I I, I asked that question to myself soon after I started here. I get that comment a lot. Why? Well. I really think it goes back to our heritage of faith here in Lancaster County because we have had an influence of the Amish and Mennonite who came out of the Reformation, brought their newfound faith to this area and started living their their lives and you know raising their families with you know the leadership of of their local churches and and I believe that that it just sort of pervaded the whole of Lancaster County. Um, and so when people come here, you know they'll ask that question why. Why does it seem different? People just seem different here. And I would say, you know, in the nature of our conversation, we would, I try to direct it around to the point where we get back to faith, mm-hmm. and then it sort of opens up a door. And as soon as you can have a, a little bit of a spiritual conversation, um, that makes the Pocket Testament League resource, uh, the, the Gospel of John, so much more valuable because then you can actually open it up and just explain because right, what I like, and printed in the very few first few pages, is the the bridge concept of salvation. Right, men and sinful people here. God is holy over here. There's no way to cross that gap. But then the next illustration, it shows you know Christ. Right, um, and of course it, it has an illustration where you know you can't you can't just become a good person. You can't just you know be religious. You can't use philosophy or good deeds. You know it, it says you know that's not how you get saved. But then. The next frame, it shows you how, you know, salvation is through Christ and faith in Christ. So it's just a great resource. And when people, um, you know, ask those questions about the Amish, I'm starting to get fairly good at trying to direct those comments toward the faith-based questions. And then, you know, it's an opportunity for me to share the gospel with the customer. Yeah, because that's really showing you that that they have a level of curiosity already and that they know that there's something going on, you know, in, in that that spiritual atmosphere and they just don't know what it is and and you're willing to be that person. So we're talking today with Mike Martin and he is the owner here at Smoketown Inn and that is where we have had the privilege of staying last night and we are I'm just really getting to share about um 
the culture here, what you are um, doing within your organization, where you have a sphere of influence, and how that also connects with the pocket testament, because it, it is such a great tool, and um, we're big advocates of that, aren't we, Jim? Right, we sure are. So you, I noticed that you had a bunch of them behind the front counter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in lots of different covers. you have them in different languages, too? Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think I've got French, Italian, German, Chinese, Japanese, um, Spanish. Yeah, people come from English. all over yeah, the world yeah. to the Smoketown Inn? Yeah, we, our, most of our clientele come from the neighboring states, New York, New Jersey, you know, Maryland, Delaware, um, you know, Ohio, and uh, around that area. But mm-hmm. yeah, but we do get international guests as well. And of course, they're coming here to see the Amish and, yeah. you know, they, they've heard of these people and now they want to ask questions, they want to find out more. And so they'll, let, they'll wind up here. And uh, it, it's so nice to have uh, a resource in another language uh, that you sometimes only in broken English, they can understand just, you know, hey, I have something for you to read in your language. Would you read it? Would you take it? And that's all you have to do. You're getting, right. you're getting the word of God, which is powerful and will not come back, its own. Will that's not right. come back void. Uh, you're getting the word of God into a person. So let me tell you an interesting story. Uh, do we have time for that, Jim? Yes, you do. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was um, a Middle Eastern family that uh, visited with us. Um, and so each morning we put out coffee and pastry and and so the guests would come out there, and sometimes I'll, you know, I'm, I'm drinking some coffee Do you make myself. The pastries? I I wish I did. I, I was thinking about it when I first took over here, but realized that I'm not going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and do. <laughs> you can't that. wear all those. Sorry, hats, right? sorry, guests. I'm not, I'm, mm. I'm not that committed. But um, but anyhow, this fella would come out each morning for coffee, and so uh, we started chatting a little bit each morning, and I, and I eventually asked him. I said, well, "What brought you here to Pennsylvania?" He said, well, I graduated from Penn State, and he said, it's so green here, I wanted to bring my family and let them see how green it is here. Hmm. I was like, well, that's really neat. It's really uh, interesting. Um, you know." So we just kept talking each morning just a few minutes, and, and then the Spirit of God also helps give you words, because I'm not a Johnny-on-the-spot kind of person, but the Lord helps you do that, and he sort of put on my heart saying, I wonder if you'd ask him this question and what his response would be, and the question that sort of came to my mind, which I think the Holy Spirit, you know, spoke to me through, was, um, are you, would you consider yourself a descendant of Abraham? And sure enough, he absolutely said yes. And I said, well, I have something here for you to read that uh, is from another descendant of Abraham. Would you read it? Uh-huh. And he, he, he took it with him. I, you know, I don't know what happens when I give a gospel to somebody. That's not my job. Right. My job is to share the gospel with someone. And so when we have opportunities like that, just, um, you know, we trust the Lord. We'll use those opportunities. The Word of God is powerful. It changes lives. And, uh, you know, I don't don't know the results of some of those things, obviously. But, um, you know, he didn't let that in our hands. That's in his hands. And so um, Mm -hmm. over coffee in the morning, it's a perfect opportunity to just visit with people. And you got these rooms like we're sitting in one of your sitting rooms, your game room. Uh, There's lots of opportunities outside all around here that's just gorgeous to be able to have those kind of conversations, people off guard. And it is. It's not like there's a video game in the lobby. I mean, you can have conversations. Sure. We're talking with Mike Martin from the Smoketown Inn in Smoketown, Pennsylvania. Check it out online, smoketownin.com. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We thought this segment we'd be able to drag Mike's wife, Linda, in <laughs> to be able to talk to us from a woman's perspective on what it's like working in a in a bread, bed and breakfast almost like environment in a small little inn in a small town, Pennsylvania. But we were rebuffed. 
She just, I think she's busy booking rooms. I think that's I think that is. is. So check it out online, <laughs> smoketownin.com. We'll just say that. She seems very nice, but she just, I don't know. Maybe it was a shirt I had on. I, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> All right, Mike Martin, let's talk about the community that you live in. Mm-hmm. You've lived here a really long time. All your life. Yes. How do you see the Lord moving in the community? Well, you know, it's really an interesting question. Um, what What is is uh been really neat to see is the lord moving in the plain amish community um i remember my dad having conversations uh because we grew up on a part of an amish farm and i remember my dad speaking with the with the gentleman there that owned the property um you know about the lord and just sort of talking to him and and you know about faith and about who christ is and he his answer always was well you know uh, it we just always do what we're told to do, and we've always followed the traditions, and, you know, that's just all that we do. And so it was in the 60s, 70s, it was sort of hard to break into that um, because it was always that comment of, oh, well, that's we just do what we're, we've always done before. And, and when it comes to matters of faith, sometimes it wasn't really clearly presented. The gospel wasn't really clear. And so there was a a yearning in the hearts of many Amish folk that really wanted to know what faith was about and wanted to know what, what the Christian life is truly about. And they weren't getting the answers from the from the bishops and those sort of in charge. And so many would um, start seeking on their own. They, they would start their own Bible studies and um, start their own, um, you know, friendships with people that could help them understand mm-hmm. the faith a little mm-hmm. bit better. And and this started to grow, and and in the in the Amish community, this was even before cell phones. They had a very uh, very well well trimmed grapevine that worked very well, so the word would travel in the Amish community quickly, even even without cell phones. Um, they have little phone sheds outside their homes, if you noticed uh, different places. So they did, you know. I think use that possibly to to further on when 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 something happened in a person's life when you come to know Christ you can't keep yourself from telling people right you just want to share wow I just met Christ he's my savior he's he's my Lord and and um, so uh, it has been really interesting to see the the progression of of faith inside the the strict Amish community where where the emphasis really is on legalism and tradition um, and you know. I think when they first came over, there was probably more faith, but then it sort of ebbed into a, or flowed into a traditional-based, you know, and then they didn't really know what they believed. But isn't that true with almost every church organization? It flows from this, we, we saved up money, we gathered together, we started by faith, and then things just kind of move into religion instead yeah. of religion and tradition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very true. Hey, we're talking with Mike Martin today from the Smoketown Inn in Smoketown, Pennsylvania. Well, if you're looking for a nice little place to, to just get away, smoketownin.com. You know, so as you have seen this community um, become hungrier mm-hmm. and more inquisitive mm-hmm. and seekers, yes. as you would say, mm-hmm. um, what, how has that, um, what have been some of the results? Well, um, you know, I have a good friendship with a, with a fellow that... Um, you know, I've gotten to see you over the years, just an Amish fella. And, you know, we talked often about faith and things. Well, you know, he, he never, you know, he, I could tell he was inquisitive and, mm-hmm. and, and wanting to grow. 
Well, then he got married, and, you know, he was asked to join the church, and that's usually, you know, what happens. You get married, you join the church, and so he had to give up some of his other toys. He had, he had a had a boat and a few things like that mm-hmm. that's stored in the in the shed that he would go down to the Susquehanna River for, on the weekend sometimes. But when he when he was asked to join the church, so we had to give some of that up. And uh, we, we'd still get together for breakfast every so often, and we'd, I'd ask him, say, well, where are you at on your faith journey? Where are you? Where are you? Well, just, just the last time I met with him, I was so encouraged because he said, I, I really came to a, a personal understanding of who Jesus is and what that means in my life. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Was, we just had a great time of fellowship. And, you know, when a, when a person leaves sort of a, a long life tradition like that, it, it takes time. It's not something that happens in just five minutes right. or two meetings. It takes, it takes a long time. And we've probably known each other for at least five years and, you know, had breakfast a couple of times a year, just sort of get together, rub shoulders and, and talk and see how things are going. And so it took it took that long for him to sort of process through that. I do business with a with an Amish fellow up the street um, that uh, has spraying equipment, Fisher spraying equipment. And, um, you know, I went in the one day and I saw his son was dressed in regular clothing. And I was, I walked over to him and just sort of with a little snicker on my face, I said, well, I guess your dad's not too happy about the way you're dressing. <laughs> uh-huh. And he said, he said, well, actually, he said, you can go talk to my dad, but he said, he doesn't care. I was like, whoa, that was a, that was a different answer. I wasn't expecting mm. that. And went in and talked to him and to find out that he came to know Christ after about a six or seven year journey of, you know, looking at the scripture, what does the traditions what are they teaching me and then what does god's word say right and you know the lights came on and and he's born again and now he has to live a different lifestyle but he was shunned by the amish community so he almost immediately lost about 50 percent of his business Mm. so there was a price to pay Wow. As often there is around the globe. So the significance of that, for people who don't live in in Mm -hmm. a community that has Amish um, around, when we're trying to understand it, is that then, I'm guessing the other part of that is that the father realized that that was a legalistic thing and Mm -hmm. not a... um, a sanction of mer- of the of the covenant of relationship with Jesus Christ. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it's just when it, when a person comes to faith, those traditions that you were sort of built upon, yeah. you know, to to follow, they they become like, well, that's really that's that's minor. Mm. What's major is Christ and my relationship with Him. Next time we're up here, you got to get us connected with him so we can hear his story. Oh, he I love it. that. That takes to a whole other level. Let's let's shift the conversation to your business tree here called the Smoketown Inn. Mm-hmm. It is a ministry and it's a business, and you and your wife Linda have been running it with your family now for 19 years. You said. sure talk to us about the intentionality of how you're living out your faith in your day to day. What what are some of the things you do to make sure that People know that you love Jesus as you serve them here at the end. Sure. Well, I think, as I, as I said, one of the things with just engaging conversation and um, knowing that, that we care about them and their lives, and we get to know these customers. They come a couple of times a year. Um, a lot of repeat customers. Oh, a ton of repeat people, yeah. And so just recently, uh, we had some, some guests that have been coming for many years. Their little their little grandson um, was diagnosed with ad- adre- adrenaline uh, 
disorder and it turned out to be cancer mm. and so they he he was under you know really strong treatments just a young i think only a one-year-old and of course they you know would pour out their hearts to us and and you know sometimes there's been opportunities just to pray with customers you know i, I think i'm only realizing later in life because in my younger years i probably wouldn't have done that but in my later years, I'm I'm realizing uh, just recently how important prayer is and how it's seen in the eyes of people you're praying for. Um, you know, people are touched by that. It means you care. Uh, it means you're willing to take time and, and engage the attention of someone much more powerful than you on behalf of them. That that means something. And so just opportunities to pray with people, you know, just send a nice or quick email just to some folks to encourage them to say, hey, we're praying for you. Uh, we're trusting the Lord uh, will work out the details in this situation, and you know we're we're uh, we just ask you to turn to the scriptures for comfort. Um, sometimes there that that's what we just try to do is try to direct people toward the Lord and open their hearts to the Lord, and then let the Lord work. How- one one of the things that um, you just said, and I think this is really key, and one thing that I hope that our listeners can learn a little earlier in life is that you know when you're a new business owner and you feel like you need to do a lot of things to make business happen and to um, you know pay the bills and to and to cover all that needs to be covered is that we think that if we take time to work on that relationship with mm-hmm. the customer who may just need a few more minutes of your listening sure. and then maybe responding and offering prayer or whatever it might be that seems very inefficient in the in the mind of a business person, but sure. yet the the fruit of that mm-hmm. is so much greater. And what you said, you know, I, I've learned that later in yeah, life. Yeah. Um, just speak to our listeners for a minute and how they, maybe some younger or people that even even yet are really struggling with that, how can you encourage them to, to, to set aside their hurriedness sure. um, for the moment? Yeah, well, you know, ju- just in the day that we live with all the, the texting and the technology it's all great for you know certain things but it, it takes away the personal side a little bit mm-hmm. and um, for here at a business um, you know people come in and, and they know they're welcomed just by the owner well that's that means something right there and I we don't have a hundred rooms so I'm not running around like you know crazy and I'm not back in an office somewhere I'm meeting the people that come in I'm, I'm checking them in Linda and I we, you know we do a lot of the work here so we're, we're very much involved Mm -hmm. and so for a person who um you know can can see that relationship really matters and really counts uh especially in a world where sometimes you know it's all about quickness and let's get it done and um you know building that relationship with a customer is very important and then it's when you have that relationship then you can go a little deeper Mm -hmm. and um, find out what's going on in their lives or you know if there's pain uh just talk about it you know um just let let the person and say you know when I've had painful times in my life, this is where I turn, and it's, comfor- it's comforted me and offered me hope. And nobody can refute what's happened yeah, in your own no, life. No, that's right. So one of the things that just made me think of, too, is the fact that you're really meeting the customers where they are at. And you said earlier, they're coming here to mm-hmm. unwind, yeah. to relax. And if you're hurried and if you're high intensity, that's going to defeat. You know, mm-hmm. it's going it's to bounce back against what they're desiring. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're so sensitive to that and really willing to meet them where they are. So give a quick plug uh, for people to connect with the Smoketown Inn. you got 30 seconds before we go to break. Well, if you want to get a little picture of what we look like, you can always go to smoketownin.com. 
and just sort of browse the site there, mm -hmm. look at some pictures. The room There's pictures of the rooms. You can see the sunroom suite here where Jim and Martha stayed, and there's going to have other rooms. One, one place, or one thing that makes us unique is we have a lot of different kinds of rooms. Mm -hmm. We're not like a box hotel. You walk down the hall, and they're all the same. We have uh, over half of our rooms that we have are different from one another. So we have names for them, like the carriage room and the cottage room and the sunroom suite, Creekview suite, different names. Excellent. So yeah, stop creek by the stop. I bet by. they see a creek and in another, their view. The mill stream. And, a, and another <laughs> thing that separates you, the room was clean. If you're listening to our work from as we broadcast you from the Lancaster Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. We're in Smoketown, Pennsylvania, where earlier we visited Wilbur Chocolates, and I gotta tell you, as soon as the show's over, I'm having me some Wilbur chocolate. Wilbur Bites. Wilbur Buds. 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 Wilbur, Wilbur Buds. Buds. And we got some pretzels that are covered in dark chocolate. Non-Pareils. And, and we non heard the story that Wilbur Buds were developed the same time that Hershey was developing the Kisses before. But Mr. Hershey was a better marketing guy than the Wil than Mr. Wilbur and Mr. Hershey Makes went out. Makes these more special. But I'm telling you, these are better. Unbelievable. <laughs> we're going to raise the demand for them right now. <laughs> That's right. We got Mike Martin with us today. He and his bride, Linda, who absolutely refuses to be in front She's camera shy is what she said, but you know we don't have cameras. I don't know. Maybe she watches a different kind of radio than we do. She wouldn't talk to us today, so Mike is representing. Don't think it's because we didn't invite her 18 times already. All right. Mike Martin, you run a business tree called the Smoketown Inn. How many guests do you serve a year? Oh, boy, that's a good question. It's in the thousands. I don't know how many. I don't think I've ever tallied everybody up. So you get busy, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, I mean busy, we're yeah. here right now. It's not super busy right. yet. Yeah. Okay. How do you and your bride get it all done? Well, that's a good question. Uh, we do sort of break up our responsibilities a bit, um, and we sort of work to our strengths. And uh, Linda's a very hard worker. Uh, she's a she's a gal that's very motivated. And she she knows what she's doing. She's able to do it quickly and efficiently. Um, she'll she'll look to me. She's not one that likes to spend time talking with guests and sort of kibitzing about things. She she more like let me get the job done. I've got rooms to clean and laundry to do and uh so she'll come down the hallway behind the guests that i'm talking to sometimes and she'll give the you know the the cut it off motion you know <laughs> enough enough talking already um you know it's like get, <laughs> get, to, to, get work. to work you know <laughs> so we we do work well as a team and uh you know she she uses her gifts and abilities um in her in her hard work and of course you know i help do the same thing and, and do so you yeah. ever have employees too oh yes we do have some employees because we need time off and we need evenings off we need some weekends off and and so we do have a, a small, we have usually two or three employees that help us here part-time. So I'm just curious, because you said this was her parents' yes. business before mm -hmm. you guys bought it. So did she grow up in working in this same environment? She did. And that was one of the questions that we had to dig into a little bit before we decided to purchase it again. I said, I said, you know, sweetheart, do you want to get back into this again? You sort of know it's a 24 seven right. job, you know, do you want to get back into it? So we, we talked about it and, um, you know, what's nice for her right now, especially at this stage of life, is it's a flexible enough schedule where she can go help out, you know, with the grandkids and do some babysitting. You're 12 and, grandchildren. Yeah, 12 grandchildren, yes. So, um, you know, it, it has worked out nice, and the Lord has been very gracious. And How old your oldest grandkid? He's eight. All right. So in another four years or so, he's going to be able to start working here, too. I mean, you, they're, they're probably already <laughs> yeah, starting to help oh, out. Oh, yeah, they? they have. You know. Pick up sticks. Yes. And, yep. okay. Wow. Okay. Yep. So... Your husband-wife team, entrepreneurial team, what are some of the, the struggles in 
trying to protect your marriage from your business tree. Talk about how do you deal with that? Sure, sure. Good question. Well, it comes back to schedule. Uh, you know, before we bought the business, we sat down and sort of did a mock-up schedule, and we, by and large, really tried to hold to that schedule. Um, and one of the things we built into that was, uh, and we've started this back even in my baking days, is that on Thursday afternoon, is sort of like a date afternoon for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll oftentimes go out for lunch, uh, just sort of throttle back from the work here. Um, you know, there are days when I come back on a Thursday afternoon and I'll still work, you know, until dark or whatever. But in most days, we'll we'll take a drive, um, uh, go see a movie, just, you know, whatever we want to do something together. And so, again, finding that time that we can do things together um, so that we're not just pulled in, you know, 20 different directions. Um, I think finding a time in a week that you can connect is always a good thing. And that's that's sort of how we have uh, tried to work our schedule. Good and, for you. And are you sitting down and planning out the business or are you actually talking about family and life? Yeah, and no, we, we try to talk little about the business. Yeah. We, we do that while we're here uh, on on the on the campus, so to right. speak, you know, but when we're out, we just enjoy times away um, just so we can sort of have some a break from the, the normal routine. Very good. So how do you keep fr- keep it fresh? I mean, it, this is this is a business like a restaurant mm-hmm. that is it is always in your mind because you can't walk away from an inn because people are sleeping at night here in your business when you want to go home. Yes. So how how do you how do you get rest? How do you get sure. peace in your mind when your business is a twenty four seven three sixty five business? Well, well, the the Lord you know gives you wisdom when you need it, and. Um, when we did a renovation here after Linda's folks moved out and we took over, uh, we um, thought, what can we do with the third floor? Because in the state of Pennsylvania, you can't have the, a hotel room on the third floor unless you have a, a concrete stairway or an outside fire escape. Oh. And uh, so we, but we could turn them into apartments, like long-term um, rentals. And so what we've done is we've created a couple of apartments. Uh, we put a couple of apartments in that where employees can work and live. And so it works out great for them. It works out great for us. And so um, we generally try to have somebody living on the premises. Uh, we call it an on-site manager. We actually are looking for an on-site manager right now here in, in Lancaster. So if, if somebody's... Go. So it includes <laughs> lodging? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so an on-site manager includes lodging. Sorry, I interrupted your thought. I mean, people are listening and go, wait a minute, I can move to Pennsylvania and have a place to live <laughs> and work? They get paid too and they have a lodging? Yes, that's correct. And so it works out great for them, great for us, because then we can go home at night and know that at least there's eyes and ears on the property and with our guests. And so that, you know, at least if somebody needs something, you know, they can call us, reach us. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, we, we have a great clientele of people. Um, the the place, if you look at it, just sort of projects like quiet. And, uh, yeah. you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, the wind whistling through the cedar trees or the uh, outside. It was fantastic last night. All right. So listen, if you want to move to right near <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania and work in a beautiful inn where the breeze is fresh, farmland fresh every day, smoketownin.com. Do you want to give out a phone number to the Smoketown Inn so they could call and apply? And make sure you tell when you call Mike or Linda that you tell them you heard it on I Work For Him. Sure. It's uh, 717-ARY code 397 Six nine four four, and that for one more time is seven one seven three nine seven six nine four four. 
Excellent. You know, so a, a couple things just, to, you know, kind of playing off of that is just the idea that um, if this is an intriguing environment that appeals to somebody or says, you know, I've never been able to work in an environment like that where there's openness to um, meeting the needs of the of the clientele, especially all the way, most importantly, spiritually. Um, this is just uh, one great way to do that. And we get to advertise that there's a, a position available <laughs> all at right. the same time. Well, so you really never great. know how well, that could and, and people work in out. Florida get tired of the heat and people in, you know, I mean, people in Norfolk and Chesapeake and Portsmouth and Virginia Beach, they get tired of the craziness. Sure. So maybe there's somebody listening going, hey, wait a minute. Honey, did you hear that job advertising? That'd be fantastic. Perpetuation plan. How are you preparing your perpetuation plan for when you no longer can maintain and run it in? Yeah, you, well, did your hope in the grandkids? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I've been thinking more about it as, as I'm getting older. I'm approaching 60, and I'm thinking how much more gas do I have in the tank, and I'd like to land the plane somewhere. And uh, so I, I'm But you don't I, get to retire. It's not biblical, but you could do right, it less. right. Right, exactly. So I'm I'm just thinking through sort of some long-term things. I'm I'm sort of just trusting the Lord for what the future looks like. Um I want to go in with all eyes open and see where sir he's leading. Um but the Lord's pre- presented a nice opportunity which is is like you said business and ministry together. So it's it's something I just I just couldn't, you know, put it on the market and say, I'm done with it. I'm like, wow, this is part of my life because, you know, we've ministered to people. And if you could find that right person to perpetuate it, you could talk all day long to customers and never have your wife running behind you telling you to shut up and get to work. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. That's fabulous. Is there anything that you want our listeners to hear today from your heart? Well, absolutely. Um, You know, I think we live in a a busy, fast-paced society and, and everybody gets that. But I think as a believer, sometimes we don't think ahead of time how we might be prepared to share the gospel with someone. The Pocket Testament League, it, it, the very first word tells you that it's something you can carry with you. Um, their catchphrase is read, carry, and share. And, you know, I would say, you know, look at, at ptl.org and, and order some gospels. Uh, stick them in your pocket, stick them in, your, in the doors of your car. Just have them accessible to you at, at, at every moment of your life. Just carry yeah. them with you. So that when an opportunity comes up, I think a lot of times Christians have opportunities, but then they, they, they like stutter around like, oh, 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 I'm not really, really ready or prepared. You know, if, you're, if you have a gospel in your hand, all you have to do is say, here's something that you can read that will give you hope. People yeah. want hope. Uh, because it's sort of bleak out there, if you're listening to the news at least. Uh, if you if you put this in their hand, it could change their life for time and eternity. And I think we need to do a better job at thinking uh, proactively ahead of time how we might Amen. be prepared to share the gospel. That's mm. right. Really appreciate, Mike Martin, that you hosted us here last night today to be able to do the show. Really appreciate it. Really praying for huge things for Smoketown in. Maybe a new wing, I don't know, but a place where the grandkids can perpetuate. But thank you, Mike. And make sure you let your wife know that we're all so grateful that you, know, that you guys hosted us, even though she wouldn't come on the radio show. <laughs> Jim and Martha, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. All right, make sure you check out Mike and Linda and their place. Smoketown Inn, check it out online, smoketownin.com, smoketownin.com. they got a job available. Check it out. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.